Hola, everybody. Welcome to the Unicorn Millionaire Podcast. I'm your host, Charlie Stover. I'm a non-binary Latinx money coach helping my first-gen clients become millionaires. I'm a formerly undocumented Mexican-American and currently digital nomad traveling all over the world. And I'm super excited to have you here along with me on my journey. I talk about personal finance, money mindset, working, unicorns, rainbows, you name it. We're here, we're queer, and we are going to build wealth for ourselves and our communities. Hey all, how's it going? Today I wanted to talk to you about how to prevent credit card fraud because the holiday season is upon us and there are a lot of ho ho hoaxes going around. I feel like this has been the month of scamation. If you listened to my last podcast episode, I was scammed back to back by two Airbnbs out here in Puerto Vallarta. I am now in a regular ass apartment with staying with a friend of a friend and the Airbnb I'm at does not have a construction site directly underneath it and it has furniture. (laughs) But I did get scammed in terms of my credit card. And I want to share this with you because this is another reason why you shouldn't be afraid to look at your credit card statements. I look at my credit card statements every now and then because I have been subject to fraud. I have been scammed before. I remember one time I had the American Airlines MasterCard that I only applied for for the bonus intro offer. That's been the case for all the airline cards that I've ever had. I've literally only applied for them to get the bonus intro offer, which is basically like a free flight, maybe a few check bags lounge access for a year for two lounges in one year. The perks are horrible compared to the Chase Sapphire Reserve card. And I've closed all of my airline cards down and tried to downgrade to free cards so it doesn't affect my credit score. But if it does, it's no big deal because I pay my cards on time. And But I'm sharing that because a lot of people ask me what I think about airline cards and I don't think about them much because I don't like them. I only use them for the bonus intro offer and then move on to the Chase Sapphire Reserve card, which gives me hella points, hella cashback, free lounge access to lounges all over the world with the Priority Pass, TSA PreCheck, car rental collision insurance, and all of that juiciness. But I do remember when I did have that MasterCard, I wasn't really using that card much because I'd just gotten the bonus intro offer, but I still make it a habit of checking my statements because fraud is real. And lo and behold, I found out that somebody had used my MasterCard to try building a bear in Orlando. I was in Indiana working as a stockbroker at this time, and I was not in Orlando, nor was I trying to build a bear. I was way too stressed out in my stockbroker job to build a bear. (laughs) So what I did was I called them and I flagged it as fraud and they, they waived that fee and they had to send me a new card, which I didn't really even need. I think I tore up that card anyway, because I was like, these airline card perks suck, but I like having this card open so that it adds to my overall access to credit, which is huge. So even if you don't like a card, especially if it's free, Do not close it. Do not cancel it. Let it sit there because it is only helping you boost your credit score. 
especially if you have a huge student loan balance. People are afraid of paying off their student loans right now, even though they absolutely should because Biden is not going to forgive them because we're in a capitalist state and student loans are a privatized entity. They're a billion dollar, trillion dollar corporation um, industry at this point. And so that's why it's important to have credit cards open or to open credit cards up intentionally and pay them off in full every month while you're paying off your student loans. Because if you don't do that, all of a sudden lenders will be like, hey, you had like 50,000 in loans, aka 50,000 in access to credit, and that goes to zero. It's going to appear to the lenders as if you don't want to have any credit lines open, and that's what dings your credit score. So that's why it's important to open up additional lines of credit, especially if you don't have them, and treat your credit cards like your debit cards. So that's why I leave my credit cards open and I see everything I do as an investment, and that includes credit cards. And that, paying them off in full on time, is how I've grown my credit score to 808. I've opened five credit cards in a year at some points, and that has only boosted my credit score. So that's a myth that opening credit cards is bad and dings your credit score. What's bad is not paying off your credit cards. That's what hurts your your credit score. But utilizing credit cards intentionally is how I help a lot of my clients who have student loans not see that big ding that comes to their credit score that people might be afraid of because they just don't understand how it works. So back to fraud. I got that that Build-A-Bear fiasco cleared up and a new card sent my way. And I'm thinking of another time. Yeah, I was subject to fraud. It was when I was living in DC. I had used my debit card because at the time I was using my Bank of America checking account because I didn't know any better. <laughs> this was before I think I had the Schwab debit card. And I used it to take out money from an ATM and some fraudster put some sort of reader in that ATM, which was at Union Station, which is a very publicly transited. There's hella people, thousands of people every day moving through there. But I don't know how this dude or woman or non-binary person, <laughs> I can't assume <laughs> their gender, put a reader and that reader scans your PIN and then they scan all of your information. And then because I routinely just check my statements out of curiosity to check my spending habits, I noticed that this person tried buying a Coke in Alexandria, Virginia. I was like, no, you cannot have a Coke. And I called the credit card line and was like, this is fraud. This is not me. And they're usually pretty understanding about it. They're like, do you recognize this, this charge? Yes or no? And I said, no, I don't. <clears throat> Excuse me. Just getting over a cold. But I got gems to drop for y'all, which is why I'm on here. <laughs> so... It, it it's very common, especially when I worked as a stockbroker, seeing the amount of fraud that happened every day. People will, will go through people's mailboxes. They'll steal information. It's an entire industry, fraud. And one tip that I helped a lot of people with who had their social security number compromised or their identity really stolen or people who are nervous about it and protecting their credit score, who have, especially if you have a low credit score and you feel like your identity has been stolen, you can call Equifax, uh, TransUnion, those big credit bureaus, and they can actually freeze your credit. So if somebody takes your social and tries buying a car with it, 
or even if you try buying opening a credit card with your social they won't be able to because your social is frozen and your social basically is what tells people what your credit score is if it's good or bad so that's why you can do you can call them so they can temporarily freeze your credit this would be a good idea for you if you have your popping credit score you have all the credit cards going um and you have no interest in trying to open up a new access to to credit or credit score or a loan then you can freeze your credit just so you can have that peace of mind and then when you do decide to open up a credit card or get a loan then you can call them and have them unfreeze your credit so that is something that i learned when i worked as a stockbroker that you can do to protect yourself from fraud so fast forward to this month, let me tell you all about the fraud that happened to me this month. So I was checking my Chase Sapphire Reserve statements also out of curiosity because I'm out here in Mexico and I'm, I'm curious about the exchange rate because last time I lived in Mexico, it was like 20 pesos to the dollar. Now it's about 17 pesos to the dollar. And so I like looking at my statements just to wrap my head around how much I'm spending on different things. And I caught a scammer being sneaky. This scammer, <laughs> or two scammers, they, I see what they're doing. I see what they're doing. Instead of trying to charge like $500 to your card all in one at Walmart, these sneaky scammers are coming up with tiny, tiny charges. I went into my statements and a few days ago, I saw a random charge for $1 that was from a website like GYPHCS and I googled it that website and it was some sort of health website subscription based in Glendale California and I was like that was not me and then I saw another random one dollar charge for another website that didn't make sense that I didn't recognize and these were back to back and I say these are sneaky because this could get somebody who is either too scared or doesn't care to check their statements and their spending habits. And these people could really get away with fraud over time, charging a dollar here, a dollar here, a dollar here. I feel like that's more efficient even than trying to get away with a huge charge. But I see what they're doing. I ended up calling Chase. At first I tried flagging it because on the Chase Sapphire Reserve portal, you can go into each charge and there's a feature that says report a problem. You can either dispute the charge or you can just flag it as fraud. But if you flag it as fraud, you're going to have to call them anyway because they want to speak with you to just double check. So sometimes I'm charged erroneously for subscriptions or if I go out to a restaurant, I'll report a problem and say, no, this is the incorrect amount. And then you have to send them documentation, like the receipt, or explain how much you actually did pay for the service. And um, But for this case, it was clearly fraud. And as a digital nomad who's in Mexico, living in a house that really doesn't have a mailing address, mail system sucks here in Mexico. Even things like Amazon, I'm not really doing out here because like <laughs> mailboxes aren't a thing. I remember traveling to Mexico in like 2018, 2019, trying to go to a post office in Chiapas in San Cristobal de las Casas, asking them for post stamps. And they were like, we don't have that. <laughs> and I was like, well, then why do you exist? You're a mail office. <laughs> and things have not gotten much better. So I don't have 
a, a mailing address. Mailing addresses are usually for things like people who live in apartment complexes with a receptionist, with a human there who was able to receive packages and notify you. Because if not, if you leave stuff on the doorstep, they'll get stolen, just like they might in the U.S. too. I remember living in L.A. and uh, and yeah, hearing that that things would get stolen all the time. Two of my friends had their car stolen just in the six months that I was in L.A. So things get stolen in L.A. too, not just in Mexico. Um, but so I don't have a mailing address here. So it was really annoying to me as somebody who lives outside the U.S. because I can't just get a card express shipped to my doorstep in two days. So I had to really be intentional about it and say, okay, well, I don't like using cash out here, even though Mexico is a very cash heavy country for some things like my massages or buying fruit at the fruterias. But otherwise I use my Chase Sapphire card for everything, for grocery stores, uh, for restaurants that do take card out here, which they do because it's a very tourist friendly area. And then I had to think of, do I have another credit card with me that doesn't charge foreign transaction fees? Y'all probably heard me talk about the Amex Blue Cash card. That card I love. If you're in America, you should absolutely have that card because it gives you 6% cash back off groceries, which groceries are just getting more and more expensive. So it's a no-brainer to get more cash back for all that money that you're spending on groceries. And you get 6% cash back off of streaming. That's the word for it. <laughs> Bilingual brain. Um, but I don't use that card because it charges foreign transaction fees. I think it charges like 3%, which doesn't sound like a lot. But if you're putting all your expenses on that card, it adds up. So luckily, I applied for the Amazon Prime card, again, just to get the bonus intro offer because the perks and the cash back otherwise suck. <laughs> but I applied for that card to get 200 bucks in free money and to improve my access to credit line. So it was a win-win. I did this in, in June, and that card didn't have a foreign transaction fee. And I still have that card with me. So I use that card now because it doesn't charge a foreign transaction fee. Then I called Chase and I said, this was fraud. And they actually, this is the sketchy part. They were like, oh yeah, we've seen like $60 charges that were denied that we didn't think was you. And so we denied them like back to back to back. And they didn't notify me at all. So the scammers were trying to scam me out of even more money. And Chase was like, nah, you can't have that, but you can have a dollar. And I had to say, no, I did not pay $60 at a bookstore. <laughs> so it was a whole ordeal having to call them and say, no, I don't recognize that charge multiple times. In total, it was probably like 200 bucks in, in different charges. And then they said, okay, we're going to send you a new card. And I said, well, I'm not in the US. Luckily, I have a friend in LA who I can express ship the card to. Because if you ever have to cancel a card due to fraud, and you need a new card, always ask to express ship it. It is free. It is part of what you're paying for to have access to that credit card. It's just another business expense for these credit card companies to express ship a card to you. There's no reason to wait five to seven business days when they can send that shit to you in one to two business days. So I automatically asked them to express ship me the new card to my friend. And I asked them, well, when, when will she get it? Because she's flying out soon and I need that card before she flies out. And they said, um, this was on a Friday, and they said, either Monday or Tuesday. Perfect. She doesn't leave until Friday. 
So that gives her a couple days. So they're express shipping that card to my friend. And yeah, she's going to bring it to me out here in Puerto Vallarta. So this is how I protect myself from fraud and navigate credit card fraud as a digital nomad in a country where shipping sucks. <laughs> but other than that is worth it. I'm loving living by the beach and being able to go for runs and walk to the beach and speaking in Spanish again and dancing and going to yoga class and feeling much more of that work-life balance and just feeling like time moves more slowly and paying half what I'm paying in rent in the U.S. also really helps a lot too. Um, so yeah, that is how to protect yourself from credit card fraud. And I'm sharing this as another reason why if you want to get on a budget, check your credit card statements just to see how much you're spending on certain things, but also to make sure that you're not being subject to fraud because I had no idea that these fraudsters would, would do like $1 charges, $1 charges, but that can add up too. The good thing about the American financial system, as opposed to in other countries, is that they have fraud protection. So if you did make a charge, they will refund you all of that money. You just have to report it as soon as possible and be okay with them sending you an entire new credit card. So um, I'm saying this because in other countries, fraud protection doesn't really exist in places like Peru or Colombia, they would always ask me for my pin for my credit card. And I was like, I don't have one. And they were like, oh my God, <laughs> because over there, they don't really have protection. So they're a lot more cautious about asking for your pin. I remember in Peru, every time I use my credit card at the grocery store, they would ask for my passport number and give it to them because they don't have the, the fraud protection that these credit card companies in America have. So that is how to protect yourself, protect your credit score, protect your identity, especially since we're in the holiday season now. And we always see an uptick in scams in the holidays because people are trying to pay for their holiday gifts or they're just taking advantage of even more commercial activity that Americans are, are going through and putting more and more things on credit cards. So if you've enjoyed hearing, learning about how to protect your credit score and you want to work with me and be like, oh, I need Charlie to help me learn about which credit cards to open and which to not open and how to build my credit score. I got you. I am now taking clients for my three-month money coaching program. I used to work with clients for six months at a time, but I decreased that time to three months for 3000 just to make it more accessible. And yeah, I'm taking clients for that. Let's get started before the new year even even starts on your shmoney goals. I help my clients with mindsets, feeling less stressed out about money, less anxious about money, building your credit score so you can get a bomb-ass interest rate on your next mortgage or car loan, and help set you up for early retirement and financial independence and being work optional. And we do that by investing in the stock market. And I love helping my clients go from feeling nervous AF about the stock market to buying $6,500 worth of stock in an hour after just a few sessions with me. So I love helping my LGBTQIA plus BIPOC community, my first gen community. Not all my clients are first gen, but predominantly that is the population that I do serve. So I help folks at all income levels. I've helped folks with a negative net worth and I've helped folks who are millionaires just better understand their money. So there's 
no like minimum income level that you need to work with me. I just want to work with folks who are ready to take action with their money and they know that they want to feel better about it. And that starts by just taking action. And I love holding my clients' hands through opening up retirement accounts, through buying stock, through selling stock to really help them understand, is this a stock that you really want to invest in or you're just investing it because you didn't know what to do? So that's something that I love helping my clients with. So you can book a call to chat with me about working together over the three months at the link in the show notes, and I'll put that there. If you love this episode, please share it. Uh, Thank you so much to everybody for sharing my podcast and for listening. It was a lot of fun looking at my Spotify wrapped and seeing that I'm the number one podcast for like 11 people and the top 20 for 25 people. Uh, It's just been really cool to see the growth of this podcast. Uh, So I really appreciate your, your reviews as well too. And I'll see you in the next one. Take care. Bye. The information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast is provided for general informational use only. Your purchase, download, and use of this material does not constitute a client relationship. The views expressed by the Unicorn Millionaire podcast hosts and guests are not intended to constitute accountant, legal, tax certified financial planner, stock advisor, or other professional advice. Users of this podcast material should not act upon this information. Users of this podcast material should do their own due diligence by independently verifying all information, products, and services mentioned with their own qualified professionals before making any decisions. We assume no responsibility for information contained in the Unicorn Millionaire podcast and disclaim all liability with respect to errors, inaccuracies, omissions, misleading, or defamatory statements. Users of this podcast accept and understand the terms of the disclaimer.